0: Hello, I'm Dr. Amalia Gonyas Smalca. Welcome to Womanity: Women in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Joining us in studio today is Ambassador Najiz Dridi, who is the Ambassador of Tunisia to not only South Africa, but Botswana, Namibia, Mozambique, Mauritius, Zimbabwe and Swaziland. Previously, she was Director General for Bilateral Relations with African Countries and the African Union in the Tunisian Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And during her career, she has been posted to Sweden, Netherlands and Italy, amongst other countries. Welcome to the
1: show, Ambassador. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me, Amalia, for this uh, friendly discussion. It's such a
0: pleasure to have you here. And to start with, you have served your country for almost 30 years. Can you please share with us a few of the landmarks in this tremendous career that you've had? I know that in 30 years, often there's been elements that have have risen which could have come out of
1: the blue and been completely surprising. (laughs) You know, this is, uh, how to say, this is our daily uh, challenge. This is, I mean, we we have to face this kind of uh, situation all day long. So um, I would say a few remarkable uh, steps in my career. (coughs) When I was in Rome as uh, a young diplomat, I had the chance to be, I won't say the spokesman, but the representative of the government for a very delicate issue, which was dealing with um, an Italian young lady who disappeared. She was in Tunisia and she disappeared. So there was a big uh, action and one of the MPs took it as her own issue. And I went to the TV, the RAI, the Italian television, and I was speaking on live. And in Italian, because I'm an Italian speaker, so it was for me, young diplomat, it, it was facing the, the... The world, the world. And uh, this show, TV, is very well known. Um, even I remember I used to watch this uh, on the RAI. Uh, it was called like... Um, who did see? It means, who did see this person? Anyway, it was uh, really very tough for me, and they were accusing Tunisia of la traite de blanche, you know, like white uh, uh, slavery. And then I had uh, just to say, look, I am a woman, I am a young uh, uh, diplomat, and... Uh, um, you are kidding me, uh, you know that I have the right to vote before you Italian women, and they were shocked, and I prepared a little bit some question, but then, once there in the studio, I was just talking as a normal discussion. Then when I was out, I found the ambassador sent me security guard because they received call to the embassy menacing that they will attack me or something. So it was like, you know, a real adventure. That's quite an experience for a young diplomat. <laughs> and then uh, the day after or some days after, uh, they sent, of course, we sent the video to, to our ministry or And there has a lot of friends and colleagues. How could you do it? How could you speak so naturally? How you you were laughing? Yes, I was laughing because they put me question like ridiculous. It was ridiculous for me that you say this and this and this. So it was like, wow, I did it, but also I did it in a very natural way. So this one of the many, but... As a young diplomat, it was very, very tough for me to to go to the TV and to manage to do this.
0: When I asked you about this question and and saying some of the key milestones, you said on a daily basis, we're handling crises and challenges. And given that our world is so connected now Mm -hmm. that something can happen in one environment or an industry, and it has a huge impact on everybody. So having that, what would you say are, are going to be some of the the issues or, or concerns or, or challenges that you want to achieve whilst you occupy this role in South Africa?
1: The most uh, big challenge for me is to bring my country better known in South Africa, because I noticed that little is known about Tunisia, either the history of the country, the achievement, where we are now, about economic tourism. So there is a a huge lack of information or lack of interest to Tunisia. So I would like, my aim is to bring interest into Tunisia with its history, with its culture, with its achievement, with its problem also, I mean, and obstacles. There is no country which has no challenge or obstacle in this global world. So this is my my biggest uh, um, challenge. Like um, in South Africa, they don't know about this um, specific act for emancipation or empowerment of women in Tunisia. And when I talk about it, many people remain like, oh, (laughs) this is existing since 1956, even before the proclamation of the republic. Uh, Just... Uh, three months after the declaration of independence of Tunisia from the French colonialism at that time. Uh, And this code uh, gives a break in the history of the modernization of today's society, Tunisia, because we just uh, cut off with all these laws or this cultural set which... uh,
0: um, Inhibited women.
1: Inhibited women, exactly, or... Keep it aside as a tool, not as a full member of the society. And since uh, then, till now, this uh, act is getting more uh, assets to bring it at the level that we would like. But the most important is at that time, in 1956, the women had the right to divorce by jurisdiction. Um, uh, abolish of polygamy. Um, then the age of uh, marrying was established at 18 year, and the spouse has to express her agreement for them. So this to give the minimum rights for women uh, and to protect the young girls from all this abuse, marriage, and everything. Then uh, following this, of course, the right to education, the right to vote, the right to uh, work, uh, so for equal uh, diploma, you have equal uh, salary. Uh, then, of course, it has been developed more than the custody of kids is fully given to the mother now. The mother can give also the nationality to her kids even if the father is not Tunisian. Uh, these are the, amongst the l- latest achievement of course because this act is being brought slowly I mean in the 19th, there has been a, a bench of other laws regarding the nationality, the custody etc until uh, recently it has been in the constitution of 2014 after the new constitution it gives total equality between men and women as part of the society
0: i think what's also been so important here is that all of this was established in 1956 sure things have been built on but it really shows the advances that tunisia made in terms of its
1: efforts to empower women and to ensure greater equality uh, of course because this bench of law was followed by two major policies in let's say the last quarter of the of the century which is a healthcare policy for the mother uh, so when giving birth etc so to reduce the uh, the the rate of death natality either for the baby or for the mother so a healthcare system and also encouraging the women to use contraception so the demography was under control this is why today um, after uh, more than 50 years of independence we are only 12 million and something
0: and it's so important because we have limited resources that if populations and limited multiply limited that exactly you've got increased density you don't have enough nutrition and and all the other hazards yeah. that equate to it because
1: we are a small country between two big producer of gas and oil but we don't have any of these uh, natural resource our only natural resource is the human being and the first leader of of the um, republic of tunisia uh, the late president Bourguiba, he focused on the human resources so the second arm of this policy was education the budget of education ministry was maybe as big as the defense or s- sometimes it was even bigger so education became compulsory and a, a lot of incentive even for the rural area to uh, bring the, the kids to the schools and uh, even to feed them to, and to give them the mm. basis of health care. I remember when we were kids, we used to have the visit of a team of um, doctors. It's now and then, you know, between the 60s and 70s, we still mm. use, uh, have this kind of vaccination against these um, diseases that now hopefully disappeared in North Africa. It's not maybe the case in other regions. But it was a combined strategy and policy of the government which gave the fruits today as um, I can give some percentage for how much uh, the woman is uh, a total part of the society. We have out of 217 uh, MPs in the parliament 76 are women so it means 34% of the parliament are women it's not a big thing but okay respect to other uh, African parliament I mean um, in the administration the, the public administration the women who have a, let's say high um, position or middle high position are like 36% Um, the women represent 43% of the judges and 45% of lawyers, 40% of uh, doctors, medical doctors, and 50% of pharmacists and um, university professors. Those are incredible figures,
0: and and I I say that with due, due respect because... So many times in in conversations I've had with other women from different countries, and I I even reflect on on South Africa. And and one thing you said was, you know, we've got 34 percent in parliament with due respect to other African countries, where some of those countries like Rwanda, Senegal, South Africa have got a a bigger bias on women in parliament, but everywhere else in terms of women, in business in particular, those figures are so low. They're approximating 25%. So given these fantastic figures that you've shared, uh, education seems to be a strong component of, of the mindset and this economic independence and financial freedom. What has been some of the reasons for
1: achieving these figures, do you think? I think it's a it's a cultural mindset that was uh, also driven by as I said a national strategy encouragement for education and uh, we don't have any natural resource so the education was the only social lift to get out of poverty, or to get out of um, the street, or to advance, and also because uh, it's um, the the Tunisian society or the Tunisian people, they are used to education. We are across um, how to say they are open-minded because we are a cross-country of civilization. It's three thousand uh, year of civilization since uh, a woman created the empire of Carthage. It was a woman. So even in our genes, uh, in the genes, the Tunisian, and the history of Tunisia, we had a big number of women leaders. So uh, the creation of Carthage was done by Alisa or Didon, the, the queen of Carthage. Then we had after that Al-Kahina, who, who was a Berber leader fighting the invasion from the south, from the arabic peninsula to uh, to the islamization of the country um we had women sent this is very particular to tunisia i mean when i when i say sent it means that they are so devoted to religion and to the social care that they become like um one of the women uh, is called Aziz Adhmana, and she was very rich, extremely rich. He, she inherited a lot of uh, lands, and she gave many uh, land uh, to the uh, social care. This it was in the 18th century. In the struggle for the independence, the woman was next to the men, and even, how to say, we had since that time before, I mean, the installation of the republic, we had this national w- women uh, union, and they were fighting for independence. Then they were fighting to make this asset of uh, law become practice. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a common um, heritage from our history from our culture we had many civilization crossing tunisia and the foreigner is not regarded as an invader in as far as they respect the people there even when the ottoman empire came in and installed a kind of it was not uh, a a colonization uh, it was accepted because as far as you give um, space to the people, and you don't invade. The only fight that really uh, the Tunisian uh, had wa- was against the French colonization, because it was a colonization. But still, many civilization came to Tunisia, uh, which even gave its name to the Africa continent, because in the very ancient ancient time, it was called ifriqiya Tunisia. I never knew. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is one of uh, of the things that um, actually they are not known in South Africa. And if I speak about Tunisia today, I mean, um, we have an, a new constitution which um, emphasized all the fundamental rights and the human rights uh, that were already Uh, taken, the the freedom of religion, etc. And um, the Article 21 of the Constitution was um, put uh, ahead is the principle of equality between men and women without any uh, discrimination. I can even add, sorry, that there is an Article 46 which uh, in the Constitution which gives the state the obligation to um, to uh, protect these uh, laws for the empowerment of the woman. So it's the duty of the state to make sure that these rights are not broken or are not...
0: Uh, I- ignored
1: or, or regressed? It's more... About regression and uh, uh, how to say, you know, now there are a lot of different mindset about going back, uh, putting again polygamy in. Yes, the
0: and it's so important <laughs> that I think that you, you can't, we can't, as the female populace, afford to be complacent about things, otherwise... There is this potential to regress and when I look at your figures of 45% lawyers, 43% judges, it looks as though by having at least that female force in place that there could be a lot of, of preservation and looking at moving things ahead. You are listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, the African Perspective, on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31 meter band, also available on DSTV Channel 802. Today we're talking to the Ambassador of Tunisia to South Africa, Botswana, Namibia, Mozambique, Mauritius, Swaziland and Zimbabwe, Ms. Najeez Tredi. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Given the advancement that that Tunisia has made The the position that women are are currently in And and where they occupy What do you think needs to happen now To to continue building on those advancements?
1: Uh, Tunisia now um, Needs to go beyond its borders Uh, All these empowerment and uh, emancipation and even if we have now uh, the the rate of um, women with a university degree is 67 out of the male these women they have not only we have to protect what we acquire but to go abroad and to to share and to build uh, even Other experiences and uh, to bring more um, space to the business because, as you may conclude, a lot have been done on the on the public sector side. Yes, now uh, there is, of course, uh, the businesswoman, uh, which is also we have even a union for businesswoman, but. To give space also to the woman Tunisian woman To play a major role In the society Because the woman was not Very much involved in politics Till The recent year Because they were much uh, Taken by building their families By building their career So you will find much easier Women in career Rather than women in politics Mm. And now of course uh, the career is not anymore the public sector is o- it's about business it's about also uh, the social work so you'll find a lot of NGOs uh doing uh, very good uh work but they need to expand to go outside to go and uh, bring new experiences and go further because if you if we don't go Further, we will regress. Exactly, this is, and we have also to watch all the time to watch um, what is going on on, you know, the political and uh, uh, legislative area. So, for instance, now there is a commission which uh, recently issued its uh, report, commission on um, freedom and. Uh, I cannot remember the, the, the name in English, but it was instituted by the, uh, I mean, the President of the Republic on f- 13th of August 2017. And by the way, our Women's Day is on the 13th of August. And here...
0: Uh, on the 9th of it's August? It's the
1: 9th of August. So we've got parallels here. We, we have a lot of parallel, and that's why I would like one of my second challenge sorry, I go on, on another question, is to uh, bring women from Tunisia and South Africa to work together on whatever level. I think that on the civil society work, we have a lot, a lot to exchange, to learn from each other, and to do also together for for the, the women's society and for the, the children and, and for men. I mean we don 't dissociate the work uh, because the men they have men have uh, a huge importance per- percentage of importance to to um, to bring the women mm. also ahead because what happened in Tunisia it was not on it was not the real uh, how to say the proper request of the women it came from men. Men, philosophers, uh, we had in uh, how to say we had a very uh, a famous thinker in who issued in nineteen twenty three uh, a book about women and the woman within the Islamic religion and explaining that her situation she has to stand up next to the men, And from this philosopher or thinker in these years of 1920 until 30, it was a whole wave of Arab thinker who wanted the emancipation and claimed the emancipation of of women. Uh, So now we have men uh, convinced with uh, Continuing the, the path It's not a struggle but a, the path So the woman uh, Can go ahead because she's still The masterpiece of the society Because she's the one to uh, Give birth She's the one to educate And if she educates In a emancipated and open way Both her male and female kids Then those will be uh, The future generation Of our People, especially in Africa I mean um, to bring the continent further Com-
0: Completely and that whole it's the message of, of equality and it's really I think about people who were forward thinking and not thinking that women would take things over but it was about understanding the needs of the whole society to bring that into the collective to make sure that the whole
1: community and country advances by having equality We have to reassure the men that they are how, how to say it. still valid <laughs> i mean an empowered woman is also an empowered man yes, yes. because she's she's everywhere she's how to say in uh, in the military uh, word in the police world in the business and at home so this is uh, uh i think what we should work is to bring back the confidence between these two parts of the society, because I think in Africa, we still have a big dilemma is about also how the men behave to the woman. Co- completely, completely. And we need those those positive
0: contributions. Hi, my name
1: is Yvonne Takataka and I'm UNICEF and Rollback Malaria Goodwill Ambassador. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in the struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, and democracy. A program against social ills such as racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Humanity, Women in Unity presented by Dr. Amalia Balka every week on this day at this time. Let us all unite and celebrate together. This
0: is indeed a joyous night. We are delighted by the overwhelming support for the African National Congo. <laughs> to the people of South Africa, and the world this is indeed a joyous night for the human spirit your help and a
1: party. this year 2018 marks a hundred years since the birth of south africa's first democratically elected president nelson Rolihlahla mandela join channel africa south africa's international public service radio station as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of madiba join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa celebrating a hundred years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective. Let us
0: You are listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, the African Perspective, on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31 meter band, also available on DSTV Channel 802. Today, we're talking to the Ambassador of Tunisia to South Africa, Botswana, Namibia, Mozambique, Mauritius, Swaziland and Zimbabwe, Ms. Najee's treaty We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Ambassador, turning towards more of a personal perspective, one of the questions that I, I always ask my guests who've made tremendous achievements in their respective fields of disciplines is about what they think have been some of the factors to their success. So some people speak about perseverance, others talk about hard work, or some speak about their, their mothers as being significant influences. So if you could share with us what do you think have been some of the key drivers to your success
1: um, you're completely right also uh, it com- you make me um how to say think that uh, I didn't speak about the woman the Tunisian woman in diplomacy. This is another struggle we had to struggle, uh, so now we get also the position of ambassador. It was not easy and a woman in in a high position she has to give twice as a man to it's not to prove herself but because of how they look to us because if i make a small the smallest mistake then it will be seen uh, as a big failure while if it is one of my colleague who do the same mistake it will be seen, oh no, it's normal routine. And the other thing on that point
0: that I've experienced is that you may make this mistake in your personal capacity and it's not viewed as your mistake in your personal capacity, it's viewed as all women
1: make this mistake. But it can be even a professional mistake but on the level of evaluation then things are different or uh, how to say, to pretend to some, uh, okay, specific experience or specific level so i i had to struggle and to um, to uh, put forward my um, my word uh, so i can be what i am today um if there is a, a, a key person uh, i think it's it's m- my my family or more or less i would say my mother She was a a very strong person with a a very strong personality, but with um, also artistic gifts. So she was uh, aligning this, uh, what we call the emotional intelligence of women. And I understood it afterwards, I mean, by reading, then I understand... What is the emotional uh, intelligence of women? And she 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 was illiterate. She didn't go to to school, but she was so uh, knowledgeable uh, thanks to you know everything the radio, the TV. The uh, so a woman who and it gives example that to be a successful person, you don't uh, uh, necessarily need to uh, have big education like a formal education but it's or, or, or very high, high education you need to use your intelligence you need to use uh, your internal uh, strength and i think i got this gift from her and also from my father because he was a very very strict person on education on uh, um, the art of living or the, the the way to behave um, and I had also during my life uh, different mentors so uh, I think that when someone is uh, keen to go ahead then you you cross on your path the um, the good or the right person that if you pay attention to what they say then you can go ahead, so I had this chance to have someone a mentor at home, but also to meet various person on my professional uh, path or even personal path as friend or whatever uh, colleagues that helped me also to um, to go ahead to uh, also make the uh, self criticism to to make the self I would say assessment rather than criticism just to assess yourself and to listen also to the other how um, they advise you sometimes an advice is as much valuable as a, I don't know <laughs> millions of uh, dollars sometimes you, if you don't get that idea or that uh, someone makes you think look you can do this and this and it has no price so mm, I think I had many persons but mm, I would say my mother she she, uh, followed me um, until recently and she was even in my back office when I was working as diplomat then also as ambassador in in other countries she was really my my back office at home and uh, i was sharing with her and she 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 used to give me ideas even if the wisdom that emotional
0: intelligence that was developed and i think the big thing for me that i'm also hearing in this is that you can't do things yourself you need to have the the input the the support the guidance or be able to receive that information and know what to do with it in order to enrich your career and move
1: ahead exactly because if you if someone remains uh, close to the other or he, we are just like sorry i mean uh, a horse with the yes the,
0: the blinkers yeah, going through that that's it Ambassador, we are unfortunately running out of time. Lastly, can I please ask you, as we close out today's show, to share a few words of wisdom or inspiration that you'd like to share with our young
1: ladies that are, are listening to us? I would like first to think uh, to thank the uh, you, Amalia, you are for the first South African lady in front of me, to uh, to give me this open space and to our dear. Uh, uh, ladies who are um, listening to us, I would like to say: just be confident in yourself and be open to receive. Those are very important. That
0: wisdom be like a sponge, take on those learnings, exactly. and use it and excel. We
1: we are not finished until the day we are going for the eternal trip. We are not finished. I mean, we will know learn and see and share also sharing uh, i think that sharing with the other is is a principle of life because when you retain for yourself what you acquire then it's a poverty it's not anymore a richness that's lovely i'm going to remember
0: that <laughs> thank you you have been listening to humanity woman in unity on channel africa the african perspective and we have been talking to Ambassador Nagy Gredi, who is the ambassador of Tunisia to South Africa, Botswana, Namibia, Mozambique, Mauritius, Zimbabwe and Swaziland.